0: Yeah, welcome to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, prideofdetroit.com, Pride of Detroit on Twitter, Pride of Detroit on Facebook. Hey folks, you know where to find us. I say it all the time, you know where to find us. And you found us right here as we are streaming live on twitch.tv slash prideofdetroit. We're uh, padding out to let some people jump in here. It is the 15th, the Lions have lost again, spoiler alert. And we're here to talk about it, and we're here to talk about what the future holds, because there's not too much from this game. But we start, as always, with the introductions. I am Chris Perfett, uh, the almost perfect adequate host of Pride of Detroit. Almost perfect. I finally remembered to say the new one. Find me on Twitter, at Chris Perfett. P-E-R-F-E-T-T. And as always, bringing in my uh, compatriot, my partner in crime, the fearless leader of Detroit of Pride to Detroit, I should say. Almost said Detroit, but no, you haven't risen up that high. Am I the mayor? No. Am I the mayor of Detroit? Are you being indicted for corruption? Not yet. Not yet. Uh, that's Jeremy Reisman at Detroit Online is where you find him. And uh, Jeremy, I, I almost want to start with the, with the picture that apparently people are saying you were very proud to take on your way back from uh, Ford Field today. People or one person
1: that's trolling?
0: You you want it? You want to go? You Flip. want to go against Scott and say he's trolling you? Split. Eric, Eric, Flip. Eric.
1: My bad. Whatever. Eric likes to troll me. Of course he does. No, we don't need to talk about Detroit blows. The well, unless they're sponsoring us, we don't need to talk about Detroit. Uh, well, blows. we're we're letting we're letting people
0: in here right now. So I want real quick Twitch chat. I want you to guess what Detroit blows. What kind of a business Detroit blows is. We'll answer that later. Also. This is for our podcast audience and for the Twitch audience here, and I'll repeat this several times throughout it, and we will be recording responses to this question. Here's a question I have for you guys at home. When was the last time you saw a Lions game and you were as checked out as you are right now from this team? Let that simmer. Let that cook. And we will uh, get back to that eventually. We'll get back to it. I'll remind people several times. If you have an answer, send it in the Twitch chat, or on Twitter if you're at home. Uh, if you're just listening on the podcast later, you can always send it to me after the fact, at Christopher Fett, and I will retweet it probably, or just favorite it out if it's it, we'll, we'll have some fun with it either way. Uh, Jeremy, do you have an answer to my question at all?
1: Say it again, sorry, I got distracted by a dumb tweet. I think that's my answer right there. We'll, 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 cool. we'll, we'll revisit right. that in the
0: mailbag. We'll revisit that in the mailbag. <laughs> um, let's talk about this game. And I promise you folks at home, we're not going to get into the nitty-gritty of it because there's not too much to talk about. Uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers 38, Detroit Lions 17. Do You want to know the one time I was worried in this game, Jeremy? The one time I was worried in this game?
1: What's that? When, When the Lions almost came back? Damn it, you're too on the nose.
0: Yes, so I work overnights and I missed a lot of this game. And to be honest, like since the Lions have been losing like this, I don't mind catching these games on League Pass after the fact and actually getting some merciful sleep out here on the West Coast when I get back from my work at like 8 in the morning. And uh, I woke up, I checked my phone, the game was still going. Four minutes left in the game and I see David Blah has the lions in striking distance of a game tying touchdown i'm like oh great they're gonna mess this up they're gonna mess it all up so i'm back to sleep for five minutes woke up again cbs sports app updated and immediately the first thing i see is the new score Indama Kinsu sack uh interception 70 yards the other way so that sums up this game
1: yeah i mean Like you said, I don't think we're going to get too much into the nitty-gritty other than the fact that a bunch of the young players that we were hopeful in, like Amani Oruwari or Will Harris, did not show up and play very well in this game. Lions jumped, quickly got out to a 21-0 deficit. They were out, gained by almost 300 yards at one point in this game. I think actually over 300 yards at one point in this game. They went and and worked their way back into the game late, and, and yeah, they were in striking distance of tying the game, which is just enough for people to watch this game and go, you know what? This team hasn't given up on Matt Patricia. <laughs> Yay! This <laughs> team hasn't given up on Matt Patricia. Almost screwed
0: themselves out the of the balloons. draft.
1: Yeah, Drop the balloons! Still mic- we didn't give up! We didn't give up!
0: <laughs> we still maybe care about our coach. Hang that banner from, Ford, from the rafters of Ford Field. 2019, didn't give up on the coach.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I mean... Other than that, I mean, it's same old, same old, right? David Blau, not a very good quarterback right now. He had one good quarter. Injuries, injuries, injuries. Defense is really, really bad at stopping the pass, really good at stopping the run. So, yay, everything's working on defense as, as <laughs> you know, we, we're, we're built to stop the run. We're built to stop the working. run in
0: a league that no longer runs the
1: football a lot but but we stopping you know we're stopping we're them not, down, though. they're not establishing they're not establishing the run chris so who's really winning that's the game true
0: there is no run being established think about it losing the minds of everyone out there everyone who's like what happened to tough football running power running defense hard nose in the trenches
1: black and blue here's the thing like there's still a place for that in the nfl there there are some teams that that do it and succeed at it, but it's not the norm. It's not, it's, I mean, it's not enough for your defense to be able to stop a run. And, and Matt Patricia knows that, but at the same time, there's a lot of players on this team that predominantly stop sure. the run and don't either look uh, the real pass quick. Or, attack well or cover well. And, and that's, that's
0: real quick though. Who's there. the feature back for uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers?
1: I don't know. I just watched the whole game. I couldn't tell you Peyton Hillis. <laughs> Is it Ronald Jones? The second. I'm pretty sure it's Ronald Jones, actually. It is. And Peyton fight on, fight on, fight on, Ronald Jones. They combined for 40 yards on 21 carries. So good job, Lions. You did it.
0: You did it. You did it. Hang that banner too. Um, I want to talk Could you could you tell me without looking who's the starting running back for the Lions today? So I know it's not Bo Scarborough because he was hurt. <laughs> yep. Uh man, you've got me. Uh it, it was it yeah, West Hill? Was it West Hills? Like that's the one name because I know like that's a uh, that's the story. That's like a cool local story. We'll talk about on our way out of here. I'm going to give it the 30 seconds it demands. But was it West Hills? It was. Oh, look at that! Hey, I'm not a complete idiot. You cheated. Hang he that. Cheated. No, I did not cheat. I <laughs> that is like the only name I know. I didn't even know West Hills was a running back. I just was like, it's the one name I have. Let's just throw it out there. <laughs> See if it sticks to the wall. But I mean, that
1: was, i mean, again, we're—I don't want to spend too much time on this game because there's nothing. No, to take there from is one it, thing
0: but, I want to take from it. But continue. But
1: yeah, just—I mean, the one thing is like this was a story of a bunch of backups playing that that don't normally get any sort of playing time, like Wes Hills playing in his first career game. And hey, congratulations! You got two touchdowns. Unfortunately, on the eight other carries, you gain like 15 yards. So, um, not nothing to be too excited about. And then. Two or three guys missing on the offensive line. You got uh, who else was in this game? Jelani Tavai playing middle linebacker for for one of the first times. Amani Arwari, as we mentioned, did not play very well. Frank Heron. Like, I mean, I could probably give Chris three guess- guesses at what position Frank Herron. So my gla- my mind player.
0: glazed over while, like about thirty seconds back. I don't even know what you're talking about, to be
1: honest. Right. I mean, and we're talking about a bunch of linebackers that, that don't normally play in Jalen Reeves. Maybe, and I think Steve Longa even got in on defense Steve, a little bit. I didn't bit, even know Steve Longa was still
0: on the team.
1: Wow. Yeah. And I, I mean, and so that's why you can't read too much. And uh, unfortunately, I you know people that are still watching these games, they're hoping one of these guys stands out and, and does well, whether it's a rookie like Austin Bryant or Armani Oruwariye or just someone to show up and do something. And we really didn't see that. The the biggest thing and most notable and promising thing that happened in this entire game was probably Jelani Tavai. Very first possession picks off uh, James Winston, got people going. Of course, all that optimism was quickly squashed by a three and out by David Blau and the Lions couldn't even score at half, you know, getting the ball at midfield. But um, if, if if there's one little thing, one little positive that you can take away from this game that could potentially have future You know, meanings. I think Jelani Tavai overall played an okay game. Yep.
0: And then Jameis Winston became like the first quarterback in a very long time to go for 450 yards in consecutive games. So, congratulations, Lions. You look. Yeah,
1: we we can't. We can't control what happened last week. That's not our fault. No, it's not. We only let it happen in one consecutive week against us.
0: It's not. But you know what? Maybe Patricia should. Um, The storyline for me is just how bad the crowds have gotten at Ford Field. Um, and I just wanna I'll let people know if you're listening to the podcast here first off, congratulations uh next segment we are gonna talk about Patricia more um in particular, just just some new nitty gritty stuff that's come out there, but I wanna talk about the crowd here. It was really bad, and I think that is like the immediate reaction is like, Wow, no crap, Chris, yeah, news out of freaking eleven people aren't coming to a lions game to watch this sorry team, but I mean it was really bad, jeremy. it was. It was a ghost den. I when I went to the Quick Lane Bowl there, in I think what what year did you send me there? Was it 2015? Yeah, it was 2015. It it was like Central Michigan versus Minnesota. I nearly caught. I went there with Alex Reno uh, because because the Lions run that bowl game. I nearly caught pneumonia that night from the freezing rain in downtown Detroit, Uh, and Alex was no help at all. (laughs) He's not here to defend himself. Almost nobody there. Because again, freezing rain, Detroit in des- in mid late December. Uh that game I think had more people than this game here between the Buccaneers and the Lions.
1: It was eerily quiet. Like it's I don't really recall a preseason game being that quiet. Maybe maybe like a preseason game four game, but like yeah, it was again, I have weirdly weirdly re- yeah. weirdly. I have quiet. to
0: reemphasize, even when the team's been bad in the past, people are just like this not this checked out. And I think, like, I don't know what that says. I don't know what that means. I think that puts more pressure on the coaching staff than anything because that's, listen, I don't think the, and we're just about to dovetail into this subject here too, I don't think empty seats really bother ownership the way it used to in the NFL because it's not their primary form of income for the team. There's so many other revenue streams these days when it comes to NFL, for any sports team that gate revenue has almost become secondary. And that's a problem across all live entertainment in many which ways. Unless If you are like showing it somewhere else on a stream or something, people are just opting to stay home. It's a problem not just for the NFL, but for college football, for other sports, for pro wrestling, you name it. People are just like, they... It's why eSports has gotten so big because when people actually go to eSports events, they're there for a long time and they're buying a bunch of concessions. Like that's why arenas are so heavy up to get eSports events because it's the one winner when it comes to a declining market for people to come in to these arenas and spending their money there. And it's really bad for the Lions right now. like this this feels, but this feels willful. This feels like people are are deliberately saying, I don't even care to watch a crappy football team. I don't even care that I only get to see the Lions play 16, eight, eight games at home for the entire year. That's all you get, eight chances to see them in person. And you're saying, no, I would rather not take that chance because it's just that bad right now. And I think that maybe, again, I don't think it means as much to ownership anymore, but I think it does put, the optics at least does put pressure on coaching staff. Uh, do you think it puts pressure on coaching staff, or do you think it's just the artifact of a bad season?
1: I don't think it does much. It makes for nice tweets. It makes for maybe a story or two. And you, I mean, it, it's certainly bad for optics, but I don't think it, it means anything. I don't, I don't think, I think it's just noise that, that people talk, like to talk about, mm-hmm. because I mean, what you, you think Martha Ford is, is looking at the team's three ten and one record and being like, you know what? That's all right. What? There's people not showing up for this team. That's on its backup quarterback. It's third and fourth string wide receivers. <laughs> it's eighth string running back. It's. I mean, there's no talent there out on the field. I mean, even even by Lions standards, you know. I mean, this team is so beat up. All their superstars are either gone or beat up. Um, I mean, I I don't blame no people for showing, and I don't necessarily me think that means. I mean, it, it does mean that there are obviously issues with with the program, but. I, I don't know. Like the the record speaks for. Itself. No, it does. But like, there are there are other
0: teams people, with this, with as bad of a record, Jeremy, where there's more people showing up to the games. Is there maybe I'd have to go look. I don't, I don't think, I don't think it's, think it's true, true for the Bengals, but that's the Bengals. If it's definitely not true for Washington. We, well, in the case of Washington, that, that is Washington's game? very analogous to Detroit in that people have was wised up and says they don't like the ownership. They don't like the front office. Do something about this. Yeah. But people are still okay. showing up for Cardinals games for any- Giants games. Cardinals have a rookie quarterback. People are still showing up for giant for Giants games. Are they? Yeah.
1: What about the Bengals? What about Miami? I just said I don't care I don't about the any- Bengals. Well, okay, so you don't care about four of the, the three of the four teams above the the lines in draft? No, no, order. I just
0: I just said I mean- Bengals and Bengals and Skins.
1: I'm. I'm just saying, man. Like this. There's not a, much a else. Company here. Team out of backup quarterback with with no Marvin Jones, no Carry Johnson, no Bo well, Scarro. I mean, can we talk about how desperate this fan base is to cling on to someone that we're all clinging on? No, of Bo I get Star it. That, that's part of it too. I just. Yards and force rate I'm, games. Tr- I'm Ooh, just trying to examine yards. this. Let's lower the bar a little more, can Are we? You upset? No. Okay. okay.
0: You I seem. You seem mad. Uh. One thing that is going to get you mad, I won't drop Rage Corner music here, but I know how mad this makes you. Um, the sell the team stuff has gotten uh, out of hand again. We saw the design from bar st- from the Barstool Busters a while back, and now all of a sudden it's gone viral a little bit. People there with the flags, with the picture picture of Martha, with sell the team on it. Uh, listen, man, you can't reason with them. The sell the team people, Ford sell the team from the Fords has been a thing, a staple of Detroit since, I would say like, Gotta be at least the 80s, man. Maybe more. Like, people are just hard up about, about this. You can't reason with them because they are going in a very twisted Occam's razor. Everything else has changed except for the Fords, and you still have the same result. Listen, I, while I don't agree that that at all that selling a team necessarily fixes the issue, I see their tortured logic, at least. It's a desperate wish. It's a desperate wish. It's powerlessness at the idea that nothing else can, can change, that they've tried everything else and nothing else can change. They just, I, but I don't know, I don't know what you can do because the Fords aren't going to sell the team. I think the only thing that can really help here is like, listen, a couple of years ago when Martha, when Martha Ford came down and started firing people from the front office and got rid of Martin Mayhew and his entire front office, people responded to that very positively. They responded because they saw a Ford taking a public appearance and talk. She didn't talk much, but she talked to the, to the press. She didn't take questions, but she talked to the press. She made a public appearance after she did that. We had people, you know, coining the idea of Martha Firestone kind of going in that like girl power thing where it's like, yeah, she's the girl CEO coming down, firing everyone. Bam, 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 bam. I'm not saying she's going to come down and fire one here, but I think it would make a difference If the ownership addressed the media every now and then, as this goes on, if even if it's just to say, you know, we trust in the the coaching staff, or we understand the team's going through some hard times, something like that, I think it would help to help to offset issues right now with this team, with PR issues, I should say. All right. Now, Ray, I know you're, you're going to okay. ignore all that and just start raging about the guys who want to sell the team. Uh,
1: maybe. I mean, here's the thing. I Like you, I get it. I get that people are angry. I get that people feel helpless that they can't do anything to fix this team, whether it's you know calling for Patricia's head or, or going on a million-million march or whatever it was back in, in the Millen era. I, I understand that feeling of helplessness, and I understand the correlation of the line sucking in the Fords. Uh, being the owners. I get all of that. But tell me, tell me what Martha Ford has done wrong. Tell me what you specifically think that Martha Ford is doing that is hurting the team. Because if it's hiring Bob Quinn, guess what? She hired a firm from the NFL, an NFL approved firm that said from headed by Ernie, Acorsi, saying this is the guy you should yeah. hire. No, that's not on her. She did everything in her power. She had the to smart NFL people. She had, it, they it, this
0: is this a Philip Green thing is like the smart
1: guy. What, what's the problem? You don't know too much. Right. And so, and like you said, she made the bold move to fire all those people in the first place. That's something that, you know, the, the previous regime under, under mm-hmm. Bill Ford or, or William Playford, I should say, um, was always criticized for. They, they kept people around too long. They kept Matt Mellon around too long. Firestone Ford did it in the middle of the season and i don't know something specifically about this one this group of f- sell the team people seems particularly ugly for me to me and i'm going to show you why here's a picture oh, you're and a and Twitch sorry for just that. listening to this on audio yeah that's not format. this is a, not a, a picture medium. of the people who had the sell the team flag at the game it's the whole. It's this whole branded image now. Yeah, that's literally. Look at this person at the yeah, front taking the. Does selfie. he look angry? Do you? Does he look like he's really angry about where this team is headed, or does he look like someone who's capitalizing on the moment? Is this someone who looks like he's just trying to get Instagram likes and sell some T-shirts or sell a flag? Well, I this isn't a guy I, that's angry about the team. This is a guy that wants fucking attention and money. This is bullshit. This guy is not angry at the team. This is a guy. It's just trying to capitalize on the moment. It's trying to capitalize on people that are angry. And this is like, I don't, I don't believe in any sure, of this. But yeah. I don't Jeremy, believe
0: that this represents a lot of people to offset that this is with like, like eight minutes left to go in the game. They might've been waving that all, all game long. And we're just like, finally just kind of in an effort phase or just gallows humor. I don't know. I That's my only defense no. of it. I, I, It's not much of it. And I think I'm with you a little bit that it is, it feels very much so self-involved. I think there is some particularly weirdness to this because it's an old tired line at this point. Even people who are saying sell the team barely seem to believe it themselves or don't really have an idea who they would sell the team to that would fix it. And listen, what I'm proposing, I I don't want the Fours to suddenly be like Jerry Jones going on Dallas radio every week, being like, I don't have time to jack with you, or talking about glory holes, or whatever Jerry Jones does, or asking (laughs) if he's still online. Like, I, I work at Fox Sports Radio. I have a soundboard. My soundboard has filled up over the past three weeks with just Jerry Jones drops, because he's going insane. He's like turned into an Al Davis figure. You don't want an Al Davis owner. You don't want a Jerry Jones owner. You don't want a Dan Snyder type of owner. But I think it would make, again, some impact and, and head off a few of these and would show that the Ford family cares. If you, It doesn't even need to be Martha. It could be one of the younger Fords who apparently have a lot more interest in the, com, in the in the team right now. And Martha's like, Freaking ninety year plus years old, man. There's only so much she can really do, uh, and as you say, like her hands are clean. She did her. She did her due diligence. It's not her fault that the smartest guys in the NFL came back and said, "Oh yeah, you should take the Patriots guy." <laughs> like so, I I just but I just think again, we're talking about PR here. We are talking about public relations. We are talking about crisis management. We're talking that. That's it. Public appearances. All I want is just some Ford to come down there and show that, like, and just, it it can be just a quick five-minute speech or something, man. That's all I'm looking for. And I think, though, that is your solution to head off some of these sell-the-team people at the pass and thus further reveal them to what you are saying, which is they are not sincere about it, that they're just there to have a laugh and to do an old meme, for an old Detroit sports meme that honestly
1: has no teeth anymore. I mean, but you, you said it yourself. There's no, there's no debating these people. There's no changing their mind. I don't think Martha Ford going up there and saying whatever I yeah, support and these guys. I think mean, I mean, anything. don't think like, this think changes think, anything. Words do yeah. nothing when your team is three ten and one. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like people are just gonna scream, sell the team, and put stupid faces and clown noses or whatever and the hell you want to put on a thing shirt. the same thing too. Go it is.
0: It is a weird. I forget the. I forget the actual kind of. I'm not good with logical fallacies. I think it's like. Moten Bailey. Because people then come from the position of the Lions have sucked for so long, they're one of the worst franchises in all of sports. And then somehow it goes from that position where it's like, okay, that's easy. And then suddenly there's a logical leap to, that's why they need to sell the team. Wait, hold up. What does a new owner change? What does a new owner change? Nothing. 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 Absolutely nothing.
1: Yeah. The only thing it does is further danger your franchise of moving because you don't know who's going to buy it. It, to be honest, I don't think I mean, the NFL
0: would let the Detroit Lions move like that. They they had such a bad spat with that between Houston and Cleveland in the 90s. I think they would shoot down any attempt to move one of the oldest franchises in the National Football League. Like, I, I, I get mean, it. It's not Green Bay, but they got their nose so blackened by what happened in... They got their nose bla- so blackened by what happened in Cleveland with Art Modell. They're not allowing old team like Detroit to move from Detroit. I get it. They want to threaten and put another team in London. That's not going to happen. They're not, you're not going to have the London Lions. So I, I'm, I'm not, that particular worry is not in my mind at all. All right, we're at 20. We're I at, mean, oh yeah, finish up here.
1: Really yeah. quick like the only real issues that I think you can throw towards the Ford family. On, at least in in the Martha era, is is like facility and like organizational things. So like supporting the players off the field and their families and stuff. Like I see a lot of players that come and go say like, "Wow, this other organization does a really good job taking care of their mm-hmm. players, or their facilities are so much nicer, and all that sort of stuff." And I get all that stuff, and that stuff does matter in the end but believe it or not, that's actually something that Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia have done a good job of be getting better. At. No, I think the so. Facilities yeah. are much nicer. They they do a lot better job manicuring the, the field and, and they, they put a little more care into stuff like that than I've seen in years past, whether they support their players or more. Um, well, that's, I'm sure you, you, you you'd <laughs> have to ask Hakeem Vallas what he thinks about things <laughs> like that. Hakeem Vallas
0: and everyone else. That's been a storm. We will, we'll talk about Velas, that a little later in the show.
1: Um, but real quick in, in the end, yeah, I just, I just don't get wasting your energy with this fight. Sell the team stuff because we all know it's not going to happen. There isn't an owner in the NFL. That's going to be like, Oh, they brought a banner to the game that says I should sell the team. Well, I got to listen to them <laughs> like this. And so that to me is just like that. Who would the, even, buy this doing team. This know that. even buy this. even buy it. I know that, which is why
0: this is a phony bullshit thing to begin with. Like, I don't think Dan Gilbert can buy the team. So, like, who's going to buy it? Elon Musk, let that crazy psycho in. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, real quick, I know you want to get to this, and we're at 26 minutes, and we're way overdue for a break. Uh, real quick, 10 seconds, Audible Dong,
1: go. Yes. Just, I mean, I, if there was a sign that the Lions were going to come back and win this game, it was that. We got ourselves an Audible Dong right as the Bucks were about to take a two-score lead, kept it a one-score lead, and then David Blau picked six-star away to death. Even even Audible Dong couldn't save us from David Blau. Yep. And then finally,
0: West Hills. Uh, we don't have time for this. Go look up his story. It was great. It was fantastic. One of the highlights of this. Uh, those stories, there's a lot of stories like that around the NFL. So, I mean, good on him. I don't think it's a future for the Detroit Lions, but just take it. I mean, one of my bit, first big stories on Pride to Detroit was... Uh, was about one of these guys who came up from the Arena League who didn't have a minute of time in any college football because of some heart condition, and he just kind of fought his way to the practice squad. There's guys like that all over the NFL. Take some time to learn who they are, because, I mean, those are kind of the fun human stories. Anyway, again, real late. We've got to take a break. We will be right back. When we come back, we're talking about the state of Patricia. We're going to be talking about a graphic that has now made the rounds, thanks to our friend Mansour Shaheen and what this season kind of says about patricia and once again continuing on this old road and once again we have a mailbag question here and i'll repeat it after the break we gotta take that break right now pride of detroit pod cast don't go nowhere And welcome back to the Pride of Detroit PODcast, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, I Radio. I think I said one of those twice, as I always do. And as always, 5 p.m. on Sunday, excuse me, 8 p.m. Eastern on Sundays, 5 Pacific. You can find us on twitch.tv slash Pride of Detroit live, where we do it live. East Coast bias. East Coast bias, yep, yep. But I mean, that, that's it. We're not one of these podcasts who sit there and is like, hold on, let me redo that. Hold on. No, we can't do that. You get to see us flop sweat live and you will see how few errors we actually make. Unless I'm just doing something stupid like one, like a couple weeks ago <laughs> where I am threatening to throw Jeremy under the bus. Yeah. Shh, 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 shh. I don't even know if that's in the replays. But anyway, twitch.tv slash pride to Detroit. But you should definitely download the show just in case. Because uh, we need those download numbers, please. Thank you. We are still like one of the top podcasts on the SB Nation family, in spite of everything. And I want you guys to know, thank you. Like you're you're still bleeping with us, even when this team is that bad.
1: I know, so- and we've even gotten full reviews recently on the on the have Gotten some which more reviews, nice ones too. We,
0: we stopped reading those a long time ago because people were just being way too mean. But uh, I don't mind if you're mean as long as you give us five stars. That that that's the key. That's the key. The problem was we were getting like lower stars and mean reviews because people thought I'm an idiot, which I mean, fair, but at least give me five stars. Like I'm doing yeah. well for myself I mean, as an idiot. Got, if he's an idiot, you gotta help him yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. You gotta grade me on a curve. <laughs> we'll read some of those again. I think I think that was a good idea. We'll 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 go back to reading some of those in the offseason, I think. Right, Jeremy? Sure. Sure. Let's talk about Patricia. Uh, do you have that graphic, by the way, from the broadcast?
1: I do. And Twitch, would
0: you like to see it? So I'm going to read it for the people at home. So this was on the broadcast. Lions coaches since 2001 with winning percentages. Uh, let's. You want me to start at the back and move forward. The problem is, there's a lot of numbers. Map. I'll. Just, I'll get to the gist of it. Map Patricia's winning percentage right now is is 0.328. That is probably lo- worse now. Before that was was that before lost. the loss? Okay, so no it idea. probably I, goes I down a bit. Lost. Either way, here's some of those other coaches to compare. Uh, Jim Schwartz is a point three six three. Higher. That's higher. Yes. Uh, Rod Marinelli and Dick Geron, both around two hundred. Marty Morningweg an abysmal one point five six. This is the kick in the pants, though. Steve Mariucci, 0.349, better than Matt Patricia. The Mooch has one more than Matt Patricia. Now, granted, that's with an extra year, which that's grim to think about.
1: But this puts things into... The Lions should give Matt Patricia another year. That's your point. Okay, next segment. Oh,
0: my God.
1: Uh Did you have some different point you were making?
0: I don't really have I just want to I just want people to revel in this. I want people to like look at this because I think I put it out before and I know once again Ace Buckeye from our uh Discord channel which is very very neglected. He's he, he, I'm trying to get him to put this fan post together, but he put together some documents and showed how rare it is for a coach to bounce with those kind of records, to bounce back in a third year and put up a great a, a great uh a great record. And listen, all this graphic has really done for me in the end, it just make me have to relive memories of Steve Mariucci's time as the Detroit Lions coach. Jeremy, what's your fondest mooch memory?
1: I don't have any mooch memories because I've purged them all from my brain. I went and saw a doctor. He purged those all from my brain and as it was happening, I was telling him to Smacked stop. Smacked you over and the he head with a me.
0: with a sledgehammer?
1: I was trying to make a Eternal Sunshine reference, but you ruined it.
0: Okay. What if cinephile over here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about Clockwork Orange? We could
1: do a reference like that. Sure. Hold. You. I'm sure that's that's nice and. GPG. Re- no, rated no, I'm for, not for saying. For- okay, which which part of
0: Clockwork? Hold up. I need to put this aside for a second. Which part of, Clock of Clockwork Orange do you free. think I was referencing? Because I was referencing you know getting your, holding your the, eyes, open eyes open, and yes, watching the I 2008. Know. Were you thinking about the part where he beats someone to death with a phallic object?
1: I, I'm not talking about anything more of this movie. <laughs> okay, I love Clockwork Orange. How dare you? Uh, it's yes, it's a good movie, but it's very deranged.
0: My question about uh, Patricia is, and I've seen some people wage this argument, how much of a, st- of a pass does uh, Stafford not playing really give him?
1: I mean, it it depends on what you're... I mean, if you're looking at overall record a little bit, cause, but at this point, I don't really care because this team wasn't going to make the playoffs anyways this year, and that's kind of the issue. And the way the defense is playing is certainly the issue right now. If, if Matthew Stafford was playing team maybe have three more wins and so we're talking what you know like a six and six and ten ish season you know six nine and one whatever or maybe even seven three Um, wins
0: can i can i give you something here because vegas i saw this from from uh espn this week numbers from caesars and westgate in vegas about the value of a quarterback when approaching a point spread they were they were measuring. Here's how much every starting NFL quarterback is worth against the spread. Some of these are over the place. Like there was a lot of disagreement on how much Kyle Allen was worth at the time. But like just for example, Aaron Rodgers is worth about ten points. Tom Brady is worth about uh, eight point seven. Russell Wilson is eight. Lamar Jackson is seven and a half. Dak Prescott is seven. So let's say Stafford's in there. Let's put him at like. How, how, how much would you say Stafford is worth? Cause I I'd put him around. I probably put him around like six or six and a half, maybe seven.
1: Sure. I don't know. <laughs> you're talking Vegas points. I, I mean, I don't know. I live in the real world, not this. No, but I, I I'm trying to make, I'm so trying much. to make a point here. Because well, then make the yeah, point. I am tr- don't make me play hypothetical. I'm just
0: asking you, how much do you think he's worth? Okay, that's an easy question.
1: I, that's an impossible, no, that is an that's impossible an question. question. How much is a quarterback worth? Yeah. I, I'm just in saying, place? I gave I you know. I gave you
0: comparison and look at you. You're just not playing ball here. This is what I have to put well, up with
1: the thing. every week. No, 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 no. Here's the point that this Vegas thing is missing. It's not just how many points is Matthew Stafford worth, it's how many points is he worth in comparison to his backup. His backups are guys that have. I mean, David Blau right now is a guy who's sure. never played a game. Sure, sure. But usually, usually season. that's just not worth. He's any worth points. He's worth points compared to David Blau. No, but I'm
0: just saying, like it's. We're 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 going from a zero base. My point though is like you look at some of them the final scores. Some of these Lions games are six and a half, seven doesn't overcome the deficits.
1: That's my point. I mean, it does against Washington. It does against the Bears. Yeah, it t- okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, two games. Two games. That's it. Maybe the Bears the the week, the first yeah, time. Yeah, like, if we get to eight. seven.
0: Now we start getting into more ties. <laughs> Let's do it. It doesn't help you. The Vikings game doesn't okay, help you. The Buccaneers this, this, game.
1: Right, but I think my overall point is I don't care if this team is six and ten or three, ten and one. Like, they're still not accomplishing the, the goals that they should be. Um, the defense is still really bad and, and whatever, like a losing season is a losing season and, and people probably get more mad if it's a three and 10 season, but in the end it's, it's a failing season. Like once you hit 10, 10 losses or nine losses or, or eight losses, like it's a lost season.
0: Sure. I think, I think the question is you, you said, do they get more mad when it's a three win season? I don't know because people start thinking about the draft. And to that point, sure. this is the push and pull of, do you want to win or do you want a higher draft pick? Like this week, Patricia comes out and says that there's a real possibility he's trying to get carry on Johnson back for the season, maybe even Stafford himself. And I would, ask, I, I would ask just one question, why? Why the bleep? Why would you do that ever? Like, Forget for a minute the idea of even winning a game to save yourself some face. That's that's a concept of as old as time, saving face. You it's something we are all inclined to do. We need to save face when something bad happens. The immediate thing is that we feel shame. Shame feels bad. There has you have to find some way to salvage the situation. It's called saving face. I get that. If that's what Patricia is trying to do here cuz this season looks bad, you want to save some face. On the other hand though, that's kind of malpractice to use the franchise quarterback and who could be your franchise running back or at least a starting running back to bring them back in a season that's completely lost for two game for like one maybe two games against the Packers or the Broncos because again we know how damaging this game is and we know kind of the extent of Stafford's injury we know he wants to compete like hell uh, I wouldn't let him back on the field at all at any point in until the end of twenty nineteen I just wouldn't.
1: I wouldn't either. And I i I've, I think a couple weeks ago on the show or your first bite I said there's a forty percent chance that Stafford plays again, and I think I'm down to about ten percent. I don't think they're going to. Carrion Johnson is a different story though, in my opinion. The guy has has not played in a full season yet in his, his two years in the NFL. He hasn't played much at all. He hasn't I mean he hasn't proven himself to, to necessarily be a starter on this team, and I do think he, he potentially needs to I still probably wouldn't play him, but now you also have a situation where the lines are just beat to hell at running back. They don't have guys that, I mean, they're, they're, trotting out West Hills out there and, and they even got another JD McKissick got injured this week. Oh, so the lions have two healthy running backs right now. And that includes players on the practice squad at this point. So, I mean, it, it's not ideal having carry on Johnson play, but he really wants to play. Um, I don't think Matt is trying to tr- save face. I think he just really wants to win. I think he's got that crazy competitive spirit that a guy like Danny Amendola obviously still has because he went nuts so in this game, um, where where he like he just hates losing. And and of course everyone hates losing. Whatever. That's not saying much, Jeremy. I understand, but I'm just saying like this isn't him like trying to make a case for to to Martha Ford or anything. This is just like him wanting to win. Like he doesn't want to go out there and lose. And and if that means starting a running back that's been injury prone, he's probably going to do it because I think he also thinks that Carry on Johnson needs the experience and and based on how he started this year, you know, he, he's averaging well under four yards a carry right now. Maybe he does need that. Maybe. experience. I, I'm not I think that mar- I
0: think though, like you can get that experience anywhere else. Like this, is, these are guys who've been playing the sport for their entire for their entire life. I think it's not a matter of experience; it's just it just didn't have a just didn't have a good run for a little for a very short window i don't know uh i i'm just worried any return for stafford shifts a little bit of blame there but at the same time like i don't know we're we're all digging for meaning and what's essentially lost and once again i just don't think that anything here we stack it all up i just don't like the idea of a third year for patricia even though i know we're going to say it's the reasonable thing that will probably happen i just don't think it's good
1: well, I do want to bring up an article uh from Freep this week where um it, it kind of throws that question into into a third year and, and all that stuff yeah. into question. And uh Burkett talked to God, Dave Burkett. His name. No, not I know Dave
0: Burkett's No, I name. know, but I'm saying he for talk- our audience who might not know the name. Yeah.
1: All right. He talked to Dick Vermeel. And so uh Dick Vermeel, why can't I find this article right now? Uh basically said Firing Matt Patricia right now would be the worst mistake the Lions have ever <laughs> made, or or something along those lines. Maybe I, not. I have a, uh, I have
0: other examples of worse mistakes. Yes,
1: yes. That's. Uh, let me make sure I can I can get the full quote. But basically, yeah, this, I'm sorry. This sounds this point. sounds like NFL. This sounds like the
0: NFL shield protecting itself. Like this is what happens, though. Like guys, guys. <laughs> Wait, what does Vermeil have?
1: No, have in at stake here.
0: Nothing, but like that's that's just it. These guys who are old coaches, like they all protect each other. You ever like any other NFL and any you listen to like a a desk for a CBS pregame show or in or you know the color commentator in a game. These guys are always defending each other. Like that's just that's what it is. That's what I mean by it's the brotherhood. It's like they they always have to come out and come to the defense. And so he's saying. So I've got I've got the quote here actually. So should um, I the fans manager? Actually, I don't have it, so I
1: lied. Okay. Well, here's here's one of the qu- quotes. Yeah, I have the first that, one that I think that I think resonated with me at least a little bit. Maybe it'll resonate with you. Maybe it won't. But Vermeil says this: the deeper the philosophy, the better the coach, the more difficult your first year can be because you change everything you change the organization you change schemes you change how people play their individual pl- positions and many times your first year you make them worse before you make them better in fact i think if i think something if you're really coaching you make them worse before you, ma- you make them worse before you make them better that first year and i realize now we're in year two and we're still not getting better and that is 100 yeah absurd. but no no let me finish let me finish the the one thing i, I want to say and and the word rebuild came up this week at Matt Patricia and he kind of balked at calling it a rebuild and and people were like well this team was at 9 to 7 there's no way this was a rebuild look at the rosters look at the roster from 2017 especially on the defensive side of the ball and look at it now there are three players that remain three players one of those guys is Jared Davis first of all so that shows you you know the, the kind of people that that they they kept around the other is Darius Slay. The other is A. Robinson. This was an entire rebuild on defense. There's no way, other way to put it. And a lot of people will say, "Well, look around the league. Quick rebuilds happen all the time." Yeah, we thought that about the Chicago Bears last year. How's that working out for them right now? How's Matt Nagy and that offensive rev- revolution? Re- working right now for the Bears' run game, which is one of the worst in the league, and and obviously Mitchell Trubisky, one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. How's it looking for the other team, the other poster child of quick turnarounds, the Los Angeles Rams, who just got destroyed by the Dallas Cowboys? And playoff hopes are pretty much dashed in their second year. Quick turnarounds can sometimes be fool's gold because one good year, happens all the time for a lot of franchises. And so I do think this is a full rebuild on the team. I would hope that there was a lot more progress by year two and there isn't. And that is 100% a real concern that everyone should have. But let's not, you know, look at this team and, and just say, well, they were at nine and seven and, and they made them a lot worse. Yeah, because they decimated what that team was. Should they have? Yeah, that's, maybe that's, maybe that's
0: my main quibble there is like, I don't think they should have. But I want to go back to the very beginning. And this is where I quibble with Vermeil here. And this is where Vermeil completely loses me is one of the first sentences. Uh, the deeper the philosophy, the better the coach. Mother bleep. He is, his philosophy is garbage. I'm sorry. Like, come on. I've seen enough of Matt Patricia's philosophy to know that it is not compatible with modern football at all. This is a guy whose emphasis is stopping the run and running the football. Come the hell on, man. That's not deep at all. That's, that's backwards. That's reactionary. We've seen what, like, even before he came to Detroit, we saw just how bad New England struggled with their defense to start out these years. And it always somehow worked something together, and then we just started giving him a pass. I'm sorry, I don't think it's that deep. I don't think it's even right, even if it is deep. I, I've seen enough. I know where this philosophy is, and it's not good, man. I would it, it, it's it's not something where I'm like, I want to be patient with it because you've already kind of tipped your hand enough to know me where your deep philosophy is eventually leading you. And it's not good. It's not something I, I can I can cop with. It's not something I think is good football. It's not modern football to the to the year 2019 or year 2020. It's not something that I think needs more time. I know where he's going with this. Unless suddenly the third year comes and he unveils there's some deep, you know, that it's, there's like deep, different, like a a milky core to this turd sandwich or something. There's a nice, you know, nugget creamy center or something.
1: Wait, wait, wait. Are you saying you'd eat a turd sandwich in the head of a creamy center? Absolutely Because that's what
0: it sounded like. Well, you would eat a Butterfinger. So, I mean, that is a turd sandwich. (laughs) Anyway, my point though, is that, there's, there's no deep hidden truth that is about to be unveiled in Matt Patricia's quote-unquote philosophy. You know where this is going. You know exactly where this is going. And my question is, do you think that is, that is where this is going? You know where it's going. Do you think that is a winning formula for football in the NFL in the year 2020? And my answer is no. Hell No. And then my next follow-up question is, then why
1: are you wasting your time? I, th- I think those last two points are fair. I do think that's fair to question the philosophy of this, uh, of this coaching staff. And, and, I mean, we've said it from the beginning of the year that, that Patricia's weird focus on, on running the ball and stopping the run is outdated, and we're seeing it coming out to play right now. I mean, over the past five, six weeks, the Lions have actually had been one of the best run defenses in the league. And they've started to run the ball better. And what's it gotten them? Seven straight losses. And so, yes, if, if, if that's really what this team is and what they strive to be, which, I mean, I, I think they thought they were better on the back end this year. They, they gave Justin Coleman a whole lot of money to play a lot better than he is. Um, and, and he had a flash. Think, Justin
0: Coleman really did have a flash. I mean, we talking very positively about
1: I, him. I've talked to Matt Patricia enough on and off the record to know that he's actually a smart person. I think well, he knows him that dumb. they need attack.
0: I just think that you can be smart, but you are a plan of attack and also be inherently flawed. And sometimes you're just, you're stick, if you're sticking with it, even though it's flawed, like you can be the smartest guy in the room, like Ernie Corsi right. did picking and picking Bob Quinn. And guess what? Like you can still be wrong. Yeah. Smart doesn't mean success. And
1: right. If, if Patricia Sticks to his guns, doesn't show any sign of growth. And, and to be honest, he hasn't shown a lot of any of that in his first two years. And yeah, why are you wasting your time? It's a fair point to make. And it's the it's reason why I'm not completely on, uh, on the bring him back for a third year. But I, I still am just kind of leaning that way because I do believe that things like this do take time. Because I do believe that this roster has been blown up on defense. And I don't think it's necessarily very talented. Is there a superstar? On this defense right now, is there is there even building blocks? There's Tracy Walker, there's Trey Flowers, and okay, but like
0: rebuilding rebuilding pieces for a team, that's the job of a general manager, not a coach. And I know that it's it's, both. they work together. Now we're getting into my I deeper mean, philosophy about what a GM should be building for certain coaches, but I mean that's either here nor there. We should wrap this up though. So we We're going to keep talking about this, man. We've got a whole off season and I'm sure Patricia is just not going to go away. We're just going to keep coming back here and keep fighting.
1: I mean, we might as well fight for it for another two this weeks. Is gonna be, this is going to be is like Steve,
0: e, uh, even Steve, Steve and Steve, or whatever it was from the old daily show. Oh, yes. No, yes, no, yes. That's what this is going (laughs) to turn into.
1: Matt Patricia, should I get a third year? Yes.
0: No. Yes.
1: (laughs) We might as well fight about it for two more weeks because by the time we hit the new year, someone's going to come out and say they're safe and then we'll just have to sit with it for another year.
0: That's my, (laughs) this is my nightmare. All right, let's take a break. We're getting to the mailbag. I'm going to answer the question. We didn't get much responses to my uh, prompt, unfortunately, but we do have other mailbag questions, and I have questions for Jeremy, and we'll just keep going from there. Uh, mailbag coming up next on the Pride of Detroit POD. Fest. Time. Mail time. Mail time. Oh. Mail, time. The mail is here? Time. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes me wanna wag my tail. When it comes, I wanna wail. Mail time. Hashtag AskPod. As always, get your questions in. We will answer anything you throw at us because we are just savages who will just answer anything. So. I didn't get much answers to this. I, I was asking, when was the last time you've been as checked out as like people I've noticed are really checked out on this Buccaneers game. And I'm curious, Jeremy, sure. when was the last time you were as checked? Cause you seem pretty checked out on this game too. Is it the most, is, yeah, is this the most you've been checked out in a while?
1: <sighs> That's hard to say. Um, I think, I think part of the problem is just the team isn't entertaining anymore. They were at least entertaining with Stafford because the offense was making some big plays Mm -hmm. and interesting plays. But I think you you also have to remember things got really bad last year too. Like once, once all of Stafford' weapons got injured or, or, you know, whatever released or cut or traded or whatever, this team got really bad and really uninteresting (laughs) last year too. They were they were five and nine, and they lost to Buffalo on the road. Then they lost to the Vikings, <laughs> dropped to five and ten. And like, uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it's either then or honestly Caldwell's last year when they lost that game to the Bengals that they absolutely shouldn't have lost. It's just like but you weren't really like completely checked out at that
0: point. You didn't have anything leading up to getting you that checked out.
1: I I guess it's kind of true. Maybe I mean if oh god. See, I was gonna go back a little while
0: because I, uh, okay, I think my answer is, and I am trying to remember because like I wanted to say something from twenty thirteen because I was so broken by the snowball, but then I remembered like those last four games that they lost, including the snowball, except for the snowball. Like last three games, they lost. They all lost by like less than three points. They lost the Giants in overtime. They lost to Baltimore by like two points. They lost to. The Vikings by one, so I have to go back to two thousand twelve and I would probably have to say, yeah, it, it was one of those weeks after the Thanksgiving loss to the Houston Texans when it was clear that you know, after a four and four start where it looked kind of shaky, but maybe you thought they could turn around, it was clear they were just in the tank um. I want to say I, mean, I want to say it was either the Green Bay game or it was the Arizona Cardinals. I'm trying to think at what point, because after the Thanksgiving game, I just said game over. I said game over. And uh, I just don't know when. I had just hit rock bottom. I think it was somewhere between the Green Bay game uh, at, at Lambeau on December 9th or it was the week after at Arizona.
1: I mean, either way, that season is strikingly, similar to this yeah, one right yeah. like an, an okay start you, you get to four and four and then lose eight straight games yep. lines and you have those games early on eight. too it's like you, you hung
0: tough with with the 49ers you got you lost an overtime time to the titans you know like yeah. you had close loss you had one score losses to both minnesota and chicago uh to start that year you could have yes. easily been a lot better
1: fighting you're you're a coin flip away in all these games that you lost and and competing against some good teams uh, along the way and then you fall off a goddamn cliff yeah you just you
0: you lose in week 10 and then you just don't stop you can't you won't you won't and you don't stop that's that's pretty much my answer although I would say there were some moments in 2015 that were pretty brutal as well um yeah, the that's the one in seven start. That right? was the one in seven start, and I remember sometime around like wasn't Seattle. Sometime around the London game against the Cardinals, I remember seeing what? some people like really checking out.
1: Well, look, Stafford got benched in the Cardinals that's game. Right. I remember yeah. that one at home. They they come home and finally get the overtime win against the, Chicago, against the Bears. Yeah, game against the Bears. Then a couple of weeks later is the, the the game that got everyone fired. Kansas City oh, game where right. they. Yeah, yeah, we don't need, you know what? We don't even We talk don't. About it. Everyone knows I say the Kansas City game in 2015. They know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. So,
1: that's that those are my answers. I think those are good. Here's your your answer to your depressing ass question.
0: <laughs> yeah, and I see in in Twitter, uh, No Scrolly saying he went to that Cardinals game. I'm assuming the one in Arizona, but he went to London, that's great too. Um Yeah, No Scarelli says Joe Lombardi, just the name pisses him off. I can't, no lies are told there, man. No lies are told there. All right, let's get to some other questions. Baseball Don, and I said I would answer this during uh, one of our breaks. If it comes out that Ron Rivera would come to Detroit, what would you do? I've had the entire podcast now to think on this question because I think it's a deep question. I think there are definitely upsides to Ron Rivera and there's definitely downsides. I would take him though. I would take Ron Rivera. I think a lot of that comes from, again, that he, like, the 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 way the Panthers have imploded, I don't think much of that is on Ron Rivera. A lot of that's on the fact that Cam Newton's just gone insane. They've suffered an insufferable amount of, of injuries. The front office hasn't really gotten them parts that they need for certain things. Like, come on, like,
1: talking about ron Rivera, you're talking about matt patricia
0: (laughs) but i think the difference is that ron rivera you saw it after he got fired the emotional outpouring for that coach that's where it tips me over the scale ron rivera is very smart he's very intelligent um he's forward thinking on offense
1: so now am i still talking about matt patricia maybe i don't know you find you finally found the difference (laughs) finally looked at the two highlight magazines covers and you found the differences. Now, okay. Before I get into this, let me say first that I respect Ron Rivera. He's he's definitely an analytics he's guy. Going he's going to be a very
0: a hot hire during this offseason. Someone's going to try to hire me, him.
1: Because, let's be honest here, the Panthers were not good this year. They have a somewhat talented defensive roster and they allowed more points under Ron Rivera than the Lions have this year under Matt Patricia. Their defense is not good. It's really bad this year. Also, the Panthers lost to Washington. That's the game that got Ron Rivera fired. And when did the Matt Patricia fire Matt Patricia horde start really building? When the Lions lost to Washington? Oh no, I
0: started before that.
1: Well, okay, <laughs> you're not. The- you're the- um. My my point being that I think the shine off Ron Rivera is is more than worn off at this point. And if you're going to hammer Matt Patricia for all the things, I mean, Chris just laid out all the problems that are that are happening happening with Carolina and you're willing to make those excuses for him. The injuries, the backup quarterback, the you know, what whatever. Like I'm just saying the defense was just as bad as it was in Detroit in Carolina this year and they had just as bad losses on the roster on on I'm sorry on the year um their record is a little bit better. Hooray. Congratulations on being whatever 6 and 7 instead of 3 9 and three ten 10 and 1. Like huge difference there. Great. Ron Rivera went to a Super Bowl. You going to keep living in the past? Yeah. Uh you know what
0: to talk about living in the past? Let's talk about um <laughs> like I I love <laughs> I love the nickname Riverboat Ron cuz like kind of like how he said with Jim Caldwell, there was that one year Jim Caldwell kept going for it on fourth down. I feel like Ron Rivera got his reputation for being a daring coach in very small situations. And he was a very conservative. A lot of those fourth down calls afterwards, I'd have to go check the numbers again, but still just, I mean, we call him riverboat Ron. It's charming. It's funny. I like it. (laughs) I'd do it. I'd do it. But you know, that's me. I'm an idiot. Well, I don't know too much. Um, Let's see here. Let's take this question from Ben Belcher on Twitter. With a lack of talent in the secondary, can the Lions really afford to let Darius Slay walk?
1: There's no easy answer to that question. No, there really isn't. Um, I, I would love to have Darius Slay stick around. Um but it's not just a matter of keeping him versus, versus letting him go. Um, if he was holding out for a contract last year, you better believe he's going to do it this year. The question is whether you're willing to give Darius Slay a long-term extension, which is almost certainly what he's seeking. And the dude's 29. I think we can all agree this year hasn't been his best year. I don't think it's been a bad year for him. Um, but the question is whether you are putting darius Slay in your future plans for the next three to four years now i think matt patricia likes him enough in terms of the talent that he brings that it's possible um it certainly doesn't seem likely though given the fact that they basically didn't even go to the table this year when he wanted to sit out and the fact that darius Slay's kind of been chatty and we've seen where that's gotten some players in the past uh i i think the Lions. Can they afford to lose him right now with the talent that they currently have? Obviously no. I mean, they don't have a second outside corner worth a, a starting job right now. Amani Oroare is as promising as his first couple games were as, as a quote unquote starter. Um, he's not been good in the past two games. Uh, so if you're, I mean, if you're relying on Amani Oroare to be your number one corner next year,
0: not going to be good. That's,
1: that's, Asking for, I guess
0: I guess I don't care about the chattiness because it's it comes with the position. We talked about archetypes a podcast or two ago. Maybe maybe during the Twitch chat we talked about archetypes about what we expect certain players and positions in the NFL to be like. And I think the thing that I came up with is I was saying like cornerbacks and wide receivers love to yap, but then as soon as they get into like a uh, a broadcast position, they just they're not outspoken. They're more just trying to have fun. And I said, that's kind of an archetype that you see across the league and the case, like we, we've known this about cornerbacks for a while. They just, they talk. So, I mean, where's your talk? To- oh, where's your yeah, tolerance for that? that I guess oh, that's Patricia, it. Yeah, but- yeah. Speaking of Matt Patricia, we got another, uh, Matt Patricia question from the chat. Uh, Z Ju- uh, Z junior 41. Do you think Matt Patricia looks at it at analytics? I think this is a follow up to our Ron Rivera <laughs> question.
1: Uh yeah, he does. He looks into stats and analytics, and he has this kind of he has a different view on on things like two minute drills and and timeout usages that I do. Um, I th- I think he values them more on offense, but there is kind of like a data base to his argument. Um, I, I do think Mapstra is a very smart guy, and a lot of the decisions that he makes are are more complicated than they look on the surface. Um, that being said, there there are certainly a lot of old school things about him um i think his leadership style is a very much old school football style and and some of that you know we we heard with the the velez interview um we already mentioned it before the the obsession with running the ball uh definitely seems like a bit of an old school thought but i do think he he looks into stats and stuff and he knows he knows that it's a passing league and 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 things like that it's just i think some old habits die hard Question here from
0: Noscarelli twenty. What would you do for a Klondike bar?
1: First of all, his name's Nick Coscarelli. Coscarelli. Let's treat our ten month, let's treat our ten month subs as they deserve to I be can't treated, read, man. You know this. <laughs> um, what would I do, I, Klond- You know what, Klondike bar is overrated. Give me a Snickers frozen bar over that.
0: He has another question they just gave us in Twitch chat. If you would rather go with this. Sure. It's more food related. By the way, I, I think Klondike's are fine. I'm just not crazy about them. Uh, if you had to compare lions head coaches, the past and present to appetizers, what would they be? And why is Matt Patricia stuffed mushrooms? <coughs> First of all, how dare you Stuffed Mushrooms are great. Matt Patricia's mozzarella sticks. There's not a lot of good coach. See, the problem is, is like I like appetizers, and I'm just like, I'm not gonna compare <laughs> any coach of the past to like fried ravioli. Maybe, uh, maybe Wayne Fonts is fried ravioli. <laughs> Wayne Fonts is
1: he's got to be like fried pickles. No jalapeno poppers. Thinking, I, I I was kind of thinking jalapeno poppers. Like <laughs> they're they're. They're loud, but they're, they can be bad. Hold up. Yeah. Like,
0: how are you eating jalapeno poppers where they're loud? Are you just, are you doing something? Have you never had a jalapeno popper? Are you just going by the fact that it says pop in the name? I don't mean like,
1: like audible, audibly loud. I mean, like they've got a loud flavor. They're, they're, they're they're about flavor being
0: loud. It's an analogy, Chris. Okay,
1: let's. Just, you're not gonna play along.
0: I was gonna say mm-hmm. Jim Caldwell's pretzel bites
1: with a nice like beer cheese. No, that's way too much flavor for Jim Caldwell. Jim Caldwell is bread and butter.
0: <laughs> I was gonna go with French fries, but okay. All right. Um. Let's see here. Where is the other questions I have? Uh, Gibby four two one six. Do you trust Bob Quinn with another top five pick? He hasn't had a top five pick yet, I think, has he? I don't believe he nope. has. First time.
1: Well, do you trust him with it? Sure. It's it's tough to miss on a top five pick. Last I know those are your last words that you ever say before you I get know, fired. I know.
0: I we've we've I've talked with B Steph Ball on Twitter about the Lions could clearly galaxy brain themselves out of Chase Young for like a lineman if they really wanted to. But uh, I this does dovetail nicely into a question I had because I saw Chase Young's comments. At the Heisman ceremony, where he's talking about he might go back to Ohio State next year. Um, I don't even think it's a might. I think he told TMZ that's like he's going back to Ohio State. Uh, do you believe him?
1: No, I think this was. I mean, if you watch the whole interview, he doesn't even realize they're TMZ until like halfway through it. This was just kind of like an off the cuff. Hey, we see Chase Young. Let's go chase him down. And he, and he's like, hey, you know, what what do you think about the bowl game? Are you, are you thinking about draft season? He's like, No, no, no. He's I'm not thinking about the playoffs, right yeah. Right. And so he follows up the, the the draft question with, you know, so you're going back to, to college? You're going back to Ohio State? He's like, Yeah, that's the plan. That's it. Yeah. It's just like, I mean, he could have literally just been talking about like, it looks like he was in New York. Maybe he's literally talking about going back to Ohio State. Like right now, right
0: now to go back there and get ready for for the bull for the playoffs, yeah.
1: Right, and so I mean, when a guy in TMZ tells you something, you know, you're not going to be like, yeah, you know, think about the draft right now. As the, I mean, how imagine how that would have blown? Oh yeah, no, that he would have. Oh yeah, I'm thinking about the draft right now. Yeah, I'm probably going to leave Ohio State and and declare really soon, like. No, you don't do that when you've got the biggest game of your career coming up.
0: I am curious because we see a lot of people sitting out bowl games. I am curious when the dam will break and a guy decides he wants to sit out like a playoff game or a national title.
1: I don't think it's going to happen.
0: I don't think it will either, but I'm just saying there's always a good chance. Uh, Speaking of which, bowl season's coming up. Is anything catching your eye right now or no? I know you're not big on these college bowl games. I am, though.
1: Bowl games are stupid.
0: How bad is Alabama going to beat your team?
1: Bowl games are stupid.
0: I was going to say there are some nice outside linebackers at Alabama. We could talk about them, or would you rather just see it mm-hmm. happen? Uh, happen just face first to Michigan instead.
1: Bowl games are stupid. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, let's see. One. More, uh, let's take this question from. I just had it up here. Let's take this question from Kurt, sad Lions fan, at Steelzy on Twitter. What do you want for
1: Christmas? Hmm. Pass rusher. Real bad.
0: Lions Christmas. We might have to do that next week, actually. This sounds like
1: a great idea. Maybe. Maybe our first bite. Wait, first bite would normally be released on christmas is oh, that true oh,
0: no it'd be the day after christmas you'd have to record oh, it on yeah. christmas
1: yeah. so That's maybe not happening Maybe this upcoming first week. we'll see yeah, we're
0: gonna have to think of something and do some
1: early recording because you're gonna be on the road here um i am gonna be on the road for next podcast so we'll have to see how that works out with the twitch stream so yeah. just uh the people that are watching live on twitch know that things might look a little different next week if 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 they happen at all so just just be aware. You yeah. might need to download it, which is fine. Where can they find the, the podcast if they're watching on Twitch right now? Spotify.
0: Do you ever seen the podcast? iTunes. Google Podcasts. Apple Podcast, Stitcher. iHeartRadio. And I think that's where we're oh, going to okay. leave it right now because I'm going I'm to leave that uh, question as a tease because I think we're definitely going to be doing a secret Stafford for the... Uh, for the mm, you like that? For, for the next podcast. Or maybe a first bite. Ooh. Who knows? Uh, thanks for everyone tuning in. Thanks for everyone who's been joining us on Twitch. As always, I am Chris Perfette, and I will see you guys star side. We'll be back here same time next week. Same Lions time, same Lions channel. Bye.